Okay, and the reading is taken from Acts 5, 17 to 42. The apostles persecuted. Then the high priests and all these associates who were member of the party of the Sudanese were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people about this new life. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts as they had been told and began to teach the people. Then the high priest and his associates arrived and they called them together, the Sandrihan, to the full assembly of the elders of Israel to send to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there. So they went back and reported, we found the jail securely locked with the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were at a loss, wondering what this might lead to. Then someone came and said, look, the men you put in the jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sandrinum to, to be questioned by the high priests. We gave you strict orders not to teach in, his, in this name, he said, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teachings and determined to, to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to the right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named by Gimel, a teacher of the law who was honored by all people, stood up in the Sandrium and ordered that the men be put outside for a while. Then he addressed the Sandrium, men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do with these men. Some time ago, Theodos appeared, claiming to be someone and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, all his followers dispersed, and it came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed and his followers were scattered. Therefore, in, the present, in this present case, I advise you, leave these men alone, let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourself fighting against God. 
his speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and they flogged them. And they flogged them. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left Sandrinum and rejoicing because they had been counted worthy, suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching, proclaiming the news that Jesus is the Messiah. Well, uh, Andy's done sort of a dangerous thing, I think, by uh, asking an American to speak on the first week of July, and the topic and subject is freedom. So if you don't know, this week is, uh, in North America, this is, uh, it, today is Canada Day. Uh, Canada Day is celebrating um, a sort of much more uh, friendly process of uh, three territories becoming one and, uh, and eventually making their way to be part of the Commonwealth and, and, uh, and have uh, uh, their own identity as Canadians. And so Canada is uh, celebrating big uh, today and tomorrow. They'll be celebrating. But uh, come Wednesday, it is uh, the 4th of July, the only day Americans put the date in the right order. Um, but in, no, that was a joke. But anyway, nobody got that one. Okay, that's fine. But, uh, but it'll be 4th of July. And, uh, and, and there's no probably any more um, American and charged political American word uh, in, 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 in American context than the word freedom. Freedom is uh, just an incredibly sort of charged uh, word for in, 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 in America. And uh, so much so, I, I mean, just to give you uh, sort of an example of it, first of all, that is a great American picture. Thank you, Jack, for picking that. That's like a great, I mean, that, yeah, that's not far, too far from where I grew up, and uh, except I don't know how many VW buses you'd see like that. It's probably a General Motors truck pickup truck with lots of um, bumper stickers and things on it. But um, here, here's a song that, uh, entitled America. And I'll, I'm just, the, here's the uh, first verse and the last verse for you, just to give an idea. This, this sort of, this will be sung and uh, every school child will have learned this. It'll be sung this week and played as fireworks are going off and, and all sorts of things. And, and for many years it was used as almost like the national anthem before we had a national anthem. But listen to the, to the words from two of the verses. My country tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountain side, let freedom ring. Our fathers, God to thee, author of liberty, to thee we sing. Long may our land be bright with freedom's holy light. Protect us by thy might, great God our King. Now you know the tune for this because um, I, over here, the tune sort of goes uh, something like Does that is that do you, is that familiar at all? I mean, interestingly enough, this song was written in the early 1800s um, by a songwriter who was uh, asked actually by um, 
a, a, German, a friend of his who was German but had English ancestry, and he had written a song um, sort of uh, giving thanks for his English ancestry and his English heritage. And he came to this American songwriter and said, could you translate this song that I've written in German, could you translate it into England, English? Because I'd like to, you know, I'd love for it to be sort of an English, have it translated. And so he sat down and started to translate it and decided just to throw it aside and to write his own lyrics based on America. <laughs> And, uh, and so, uh, over and over again, liberty and freedom are, are sort of mentioned, and, and it's part of sort of, interestingly enough, in, in, in the U.S., liberty was often the word used early on, the sort of French word, but over time, um, all, and freedom was always used too, but freedom has sort of been the one that's captured the American attention. So much so that um, French writers uh, in recent years and those that sort of look at socio-political sorts of mindsets um, have, have said even though the word liberty and freedom are really synonymous with one another, there has begun to develop this nuance um, because of French and, Can and American sort of understandings of these. So, so this French author says this about, um, about the word liberty. He said, liberty actually connotes freedom from freedom from tyranny, freedom from domination by other countries, from disorder or anarchy, sir, liberty. And freedom represents freedom too, freedom to make a fortune, to build a new life, to create a literary masterpiece, freedom from and freedom too. I actually think those two things of freedom, freedom from and freedom to, are in the passage today, and I want to look at those in a minute as well as sort of a third thing. But while in many cases around the world today we think of freedom as a politically charged word, freedom is actually very much a biblical word. Isaiah the prophet would say that said this, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He set me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Isaiah wrote those words inspired by, the, by God, but then Jesus, when he begins his ministry, will use those words, saying that he's here to proclaim freedom. But it's not the kind of political freedom it's something sort of at the core far more significant in our lives. So today we, um, we pick up in our uh, sort of travels through the book of Acts as, uh, as we've been uh, going through. And, and a few weeks ago, we had a very similar story. This sort of story is almost a bit of a deja vu sort of piece. Uh, a few weeks ago, we looked at um, Peter and John who had been arrested uh, they had healed, some, healed a man, and, and it brought, brought about their arrest, and, and they were called in to be questioned, and, and, uh, and there was sort of this amazing moment where the Sanhedrin, who we see again here today, listened to Peter and Paul and, and recognized that they had authority, even though they were untrained uh, fishermen. And, and so they were sort of blown away by this sense of authority and the, and the boldness and the courage that they had. And, uh, and so they had told them, you know, whatever you do, you can, be, you can go, but don't, don't keep doing any of this. And don't do this stuff in the name of Jesus. And uh, they went out from there and, and they, well, they told them straight to their face. They said, we can't do anything else. We've, we've got to keep doing this in the name of Jesus. Who's it more important to obey, you or God? 
And so they've gone out from that arrest, and, and incredibly so, things have just exploded. After at a prayer meeting following their, that arrest and their release, um, the Holy Spirit came down again, and, and fresh and anew, and, and the whole building shook again, and, 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 and they began to just pray for more miraculous signs and more things to be done, and that exactly is what's been happening. And so as, as, as all of that is taking place now, the Sanhedrin, especially the, uh, the Sadducees, one of the parties, um, begins to look, and, and they're feeling incredibly threatened by this. There's nothing more threatening for, uh, or more challenging for those that have positional authority than to watch people who have no positional authority but have incredible spiritual authority. That begins to put a lot of conflict and a lot of challenge to the character. And, and the, the Sadducees are watching this happen, watching the authority of the, the apostles and, and all that's happening in the spread of, uh, that's going on and all the people who are coming to faith, and they are incredibly threatened. And so one day they, they just call out and they send for the guards and they, they go and they have the disciples. Now, not just P- Peter and John, but all the disciples, all the apostles arrested. And, and that's where we pick up. They're in jail, in prison. And as they're sitting there in prison, um, sort of the idea is, let's hold them overnight, and then in the morning, let's get up, and we'll sort of, maybe that'll give them a little bit of time to think about what they're doing, and we'll, we'll, we'll deal with this in the morning. And as they wait that night in, in jail, this angel appears to them. And the very first thing that happens when this angel appears is he gives them freedom from he leads them from the jail. It says he, he came in there and he just sort of walked them out. I don't know if they were sleeping. They, I don't know if they were singing. They, they, they were just chatting amongst themselves. Whatever it was, this angel appears to them and they, the angel just begins to walk them out of the jail saying, come on, this way. And the gates open and they just walk their way out. Freedom from. God comes to bring us freedom from some things. freedom from sin. Different ways that the Bible expresses things that we need freedom from, but it talks about that we can be slaves, that we can be indebted, that we can be prisoners. All sort of metaphors, all understandings of things that we can be captive to and need freedom from. The first time that we see God showing up in a just massive way with a group of people is with the story of deliverance of freedom from Egypt, freedom from slavery. It becomes the sort of narrative of so much of the Old Testament and the New Testament is this freedom from slavery as the slaves of of Pharaoh. Listen to some of these passages in the New Testament about the kind of freedom that we have. In Acts 13, therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. Romans 6, starting verse 17, but thanks be to God that through you, though you used to be sin, excuse me, but thanks be to God, though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You've been set free from sin. 
later on, verse 22, but now that you've been set free from sin, Romans 8, 1 and 2, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. follower of Christ, we have been set free from sin, set free from patterns of behavior, set free from things that have literally enslaved us. Have you ever just tried to stop doing something that you know you needed to stop do, something that was destructive? We just can't do that sort of on our own will. Jesus says, I've come to set you free, to deliver you from this bondage that you're in to sin to release you from that. He releases us from the consequences of that. We call that word sort of justification. But he also releases us from the power of its control over our lives. Freedom from. So they walked out of the jail that night. I thought it would have been a pretty good story if it sort of ended right there. They walked out of the jail, they went home, sort of high-fived each other, said, man, that was a close one. You know, and I think we all deserve a good lie-in tomorrow morning. And, uh, you know, I mean, we've been doing this whole thing of going and teaching in the temple and things. Let's just take tomorrow off. Give a little break. Let's just give some time for things to settle down. I mean, I'm thinking that the Sanhedrin might be a little confused by all this, so let's just lay low. But not at all, because as they're being escorted out of the temple, I mean out of the, uh, out of the uh, prison, the very next words from the angel are this, go, stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people, about, tell the people all about this new life. And at daybreak, they entered the temple courts. They didn't even wait sort of like, let's give it an hour or two. At daybreak, they were there standing at the temple courts waiting to enter as they had been told and they began to teach the people. They weren't just brought out of prison. They were also given freedom to do something. Freedom to go now and to proclaim the gospel. It's not that they hadn't been doing it before, but, the, but it's not just like, guess what? Great, you're free from this thing. It's no, no, now you're free even more to go do the thing that you've been told to do, which is to preach the gospel. So go, get up in the morning, get up first thing and go into the temple and begin to teach again. We've been set free to do some things. We've been set free to do lots of things. Here's 1 Peter 2, verses 16 and 17. Live as free people. But do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Freedom to, to respect everyone. To love the family of believers and to honor God. That's freedom from sin and freedom to love and to do and to treat people with dignity and to treat people in ways that are respectful and to treat actually to actually love people, to maybe even love people who are unlovable to us. 
Galatians 5, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Ephesians 3.12, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I could go on about passages about freedom of what we're free to do. But we've been freed to do something, to preach the gospel, to love one another, to show respect to our fellow neighbors. We've also been set free to approach the very throne of God. To approach God's throne and get near to him. It's an invitation. We're free to do that. So we have freedom from and freedom to. But I think there's something even more significant. And that is, I would say, freedom in. We have a freedom in Christ Jesus. So after the apostles have been released and they begin to go now and, and, uh, and teach and um, speak back in the temple, the Sanhedrin's over not probably far away and, and getting ready to meet and decide what it is they're going to do about these prisoners that they think are still in jail. And as they go to meet and they begin to uh, discuss what the plan is going to be, um, they send and find, say, bring, why don't you go get them from the prison and bring, them, bring the apostles here. We want to see them. And, uh, and let's get this thing going. And as they send for them, they get, come back with the news. The gates are still locked. The guards are still there. But nobody's inside. That's odd. <laughs> and now they're trying to sort of discern what in the world do we do now? What, what do we do with this? And as they're sort of sitting there in amazement and bewildered about what all that means, uh, somebody else comes through the door and says, by the way, is anybody aware that those guys we arrested last night, that they're now in the temple courts and they're teaching again? What in the world? It says they sent then, you know, the guards back and said, go bring them here. And it says they were afraid to do anything. They were not going to uh, publicly drag them back in because they were afraid of what the people might do, but they bring them back in and gather them there and, uh, and get them around and sort of like, okay, come on, what? you can't do this. We told you this. We've had this conversation before. And once again, they're like, look, what can we do? We, we've got to obey God. We've got to give the message that we've been given. Sort of, if we don't give it, he's, they're sort of saying, look, the Holy Spirit's come already and the Holy Spirit's going to be giving the same message through others too. And then this guy Gamaliel, a Pharisee, he was a, actually Paul's mentor, Paul's rabbi. Gamaliel sort of finally says, you know what, clear the room, get them out of here. Let's have a chat. And he gathers the Sanhedrin, they sit there standing there and talking, and Gamaliel says, look, people come and people go. Movements come and go. Remember, and he starts naming specific people who've sort of come to sort of rally a group of people, and 
He says, you know, these things come, and, but they tend to just dissipate over time. The leader dies and it all just sort of goes away. Jesus is dead. You know what? One of two things, basically, he says is going to happen. Either this is all going to go away because it really wasn't of God in the first place. And so just sort of making another group of martyrs, doing, you know, doing something in the midst of this, this is, you know, that's not going to help the situation. Or this is actually God. And if it's God that's up to something here, no matter what we do here, it's, we're going to lose. <laughs> so why don't we just let this thing play itself out? And so after some discussion, they decide that's, that's sort of the best course of action. And, and they, they take the apostles and they, they flog them. Now the, the crowds are outside. They don't know what's going on. And so they flog them to help them, maybe the memory of what they're doing will, and the consequences will begin to take effect if, if they beat them. And so they beat them and they said, go on, but just remember, you're not supposed to do this. Now listen to these words. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. The disciples have found freedom. They have found freedom in Christ Jesus, a freedom that is not about the circumstances. It's not about whether they're in prison or out of prison. It's not about what's going on in their life or isn't going on in their life. It's freedom no matter what is happening because it's freedom in who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for them. If anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ, baptized into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, nor male or female, if you are all one in Christ, you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Second Corinthians three seventeen says this. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Notice it doesn't say where there is freedom, the Spirit of the Lord is. <laughs> it is where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Christ says, I've come to set you free. Free from sin, free from the law, free from condemnation. I've set you free to love, 
to honor, to live fully into all the purposes that I've called you. But most of all, I've set you free in being part of who Jesus is, he says. Who I am, he says to us. We've been set free. And now, like the apostles coming out of that beating, rejoicing, because they know that those things are not where freedom is found. It's not the kind of freedom and liberty that we think of in nationalistic terms. It's a kind of freedom that transcends all of that. It's freedom to be united with God, to be at relationship with Him, and to know that whatever circumstance, whatever place we find ourselves in this world, whatever condition we find ourselves, there is liberty and freedom in Christ Jesus for us. That's what the apostles have discovered. That's the message of freedom that they're going to take as they take the gospel and continue adding people to the church day after day. Let's pray. As we... Um, As we get ready to pray, maybe today there are some things that you really feel you need freedom from. Maybe some things that you feel captive to, a prisoner of, enslaved to. Messages Jesus has come to set you free from that. Maybe there's been something you feel a call to, but you have felt inhibited from stepping into that. And the message today is, Jesus has given you freedom too. Freedom to do some things. Or maybe it is today that you need a new sense of what it means to be in Christ Jesus. That no matter what the circumstances are, you can say it's well with me because of who Christ is and what he's done for you. I just encourage you today, if you're in one of those places, just express that to the Lord as we pray. Lord, we thank you that you've come to set us free. Lord, this release of the apostles from prison one night... <laughs> and their escape from the Sanhedrin being released. Lord, it's just such a small token and a small way of expressing the kind of freedom that you've come to bring to us. Lord, may we be your people. May we be a people who walk in freedom. Because we walk with you. And wherever you are, wherever we go, we find ourselves with the liberty and the freedom that only you can offer. Come, Holy Spirit. Set us, your people, free.
may we fulfill your purpose and your calling. May we be a people a people rejoicing in what you've done for us and about your business. And Lord, we pray that in the same way that the apostles just continued to see people added to their number as they learned and walked more and more, as they feared you and obeyed you rather than the voices around them. Lord, may we as a church May we know the freedom to follow you. And as we follow you, may you continue to add to us. Draw people to you through us. May we fulfill the purpose that you've called us in the freedom that only you can give. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen.